You are listening to a Hippily Horror Stories Patreon bonus preview. If you like what you're hearing, stick around to the end to find out how you can get more. All right, everybody, and welcome to the December edition of your Patreon bonus uh, episode. Thank you once again for all of your support, and uh, we're actually recording on our new equipment that you guys helped buy, so once again, thank you so much for all that you do for us. Yes, we appreciate you guys so much. Ho, ho, ho. I guess that's a Christmassy thing. Yeah. I wasn't calling y'all ho. I was just saying ho, ho, ho. <laughs> All right. So we've got a couple of little treats for you tonight. I know I've got two personal stories. Not personal, personal, but I've got two stories that I'm personally doing. And the reason that I have to point that out is because Tracy is doing her first story tonight. Yeah. Woohoo. So we'll see if it's the last story. <laughs> <laughs> it may as well be. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. So I thought we would start off. I've got a uh, longer story, and then we'll do Tracy's story, and then I've got a shorter one to wrap up the show with tonight. So are you ready to get started? I'm ready, darling. All right. This first story, and I'm going to preface this by saying that I don't necessarily know that this is a true account. And when I say that, I mean, I know you can't really say that about any of the paranormal stuff because you'd never really know what's true, what's not true. But I don't know if this is a made-up story, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, It comes across that way, but it actually is a really cool story. Now, this isn't from like a listener of ours. This is just something that I actually came across and I thought it would be cool to share with you guys. So that's what we're going to get at. So I just wanted to point out that I don't necessarily know that if it's a true occurrence or something somebody's made up, but either way, it's a good story. Can't wait to hear it. This actually came from Serafina. It supposedly happened in the nineties and it's kind of talks about, you know, she initially talks about that the house she grew up in uh, was like the newest house on the block. So mm-hmm. she always thought it was odd that her house just kind of stood out because it, all the other houses were old. Yeah, and hers was, her, yeah, hers was a fairly new house. It was a typical one-story ranch in a suburb. And her room was like most kids' rooms. It had you know a twin-size bed in it, a nightstand. She had a little uh, table and chair set where she would sit and do her coloring and stuff like that. And she said basically everything looked like something you would get at a, Ikea and oh, put together. cool. So, and I don't know if y'all have I- Ikea is all over the world or if it's just a United States thing, but if you're listening in another country, Ikea is basically just a, a place where you come buy furniture that you have to assemble yourself. So, but it's a pretty big setup. So, that that's where that is. Now, she said there was one other piece of furniture in the room that stood out. It was an armoire. Mm-hmm. And... It was huge. It was dark wood. It had old-fashioned brass fixtures on it. She said it towered over every piece of furniture that she actually had in the room. So there was no way fans or busted. It just stood stuck out. out like a sore thumb. <laughs> she said it stretched almost all the way to the ceiling and took up half of the wall. Oh, dang. That sounds pretty cool, though. Yeah. She said it had uh, um, a few of the pull-out drawers at the bottom, kind of like a, a dresser, and then the top of it was two giant doors mm-hmm. that would, you know, open and yeah. close and... That's where uh, she would keep, you know, had places in there where you could keep coats and stuff like that. So the armoire had been in her room for as long as she could remember. And it didn't bother her when she was, when she was, you know, a baby, obviously, because nothing does. But as she got older, she didn't really feel right about it. Just something just didn't seem right. And she started to kind of dread uh, being told to put her toys away because that's where she would put her toys. Mm-hmm. 
only because of the feeling that she got from it. She said that the main problem she had was when she'd put her toys in there, they would come back not in the same shape as what she put them in. Well, she said sometimes they would come back filthy. They would have like this black dust on them. Sometimes they would be broken or ripped up. Sometimes they would have pieces missing. Oh. One time she put a, a box of crayons in there. And then when she went back, she said the box itself was like in cinders. And all the crayons were melted and was kind of like had melted and dripped down to the bottom of the thing and made like a little mosaic. Oh. At the bottom. (laughs) This armoire was creative. It was. Another time, she got this doll from her uh, aunt that she didn't like the doll. So she just kind of put it in a drawer uh, of, of this armoire. And about a month later, the aunt came to visit and the mom was like, Go get that doll, and I need you to pretend you like it while your aunt's here, because that's the nice, courteous thing to do. Of course. She went upstairs. She opened the drawer, but the doll was gone. The only thing left was one shoe. <laughs> <laughs> so she went down and told her parents about the whole thing and, and having the one shoe, and the parents were mad, obviously, and they didn't believe her, so she got in trouble. She started to hate the armoire, which sounds like a statement I didn't think I would ever make. She hated the armoire. Yeah. But she did, because everything that that was either dirty, broke, or missing, she got the blame for. That is not cool. No. They wouldn't believe her, obviously, when she blamed the armoire, so... (laughs) (laughs) It just didn't really hold water. (laughs) But she had a regular dresser, too. Mm -hmm. And when she would go down, because keep in mind, she's young now. She's like four or five years old. Mm -hmm. And when she would go and complain about the armoire, she didn't know what armoire was. She just new dresser so she was complaining about the dresser and they would go upstairs and they would go to her regular dresser and they would look at it and they would be like show her that you know hey there's nothing wrong with it and it just wouldn't click in that you know to them that she's talking about the armoire yeah she'd get so frustrated she'd just start crying and eventually she just stopped using the armoire figured that was just the best way her mom didn't put any clothes or anything in it anyway so uh it was just a place to put her toys now, sometimes she said she could hear it creak and groan during the night, and uh, she got pretty good at ignoring it. So let's jump ahead a few years to where she started school. She had a friend over for her first sleepover. She was all excited, as you could imagine a young girl would be, and they were watching the original um, um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe from the 1970s, and They both had read the book, so they were all excited about that. They were discussing the differences between the the movie and the book, like a lot of of people do, and uh, kids are no different, so they would discuss the differences that they read. And they decided that it was time to go to bed, so they went up to her room, and uh, her dad came up and wrote out the little sleeping bag and everything for her friend. But her friend, when she walked in the room, the first thing she noticed was the armoire. Mm -hmm. And... Her eyes got huge. She was kind of excited. And so the dad puts her in the sleeping bag. And as soon as he left, her friend started talking about, you know, the armoire. She's like, hey, it's just like the one in the movie. You know, the the line of which in the wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. And so she was like, you know, hey, let's let's get in it and let's see if it's a portal to Narnia. And she insisted on it. And so much so that the the other girl was like, this was the last thing she wanted to do was get inside this armoire that she couldn't stand. Yeah. That was already afraid of. But 
she wanted to, you know, be nice to her friend and let's do it. And, but she kept kind of putting it off and she kept trying to think maybe uh, she could do something else and the friend would, you know, just forget about it. But she wouldn't. And her friend got to the point to where she just opened it up and jumped in and shut the doors behind her. And at this point, the little girl's like, well, I don't know what to do. And so she, she's hollering for her friend and her friend doesn't holler back. And she starts making jokes about, you know, hey, you know, do I need my coat? You mm-hmm. know, is it, you know, are you, are you in Narnia and all that stuff? And when she's not getting any answers, Mike, she decided to knock on the side of the, of the, of the armoire. And it swayed back and forth a little bit. So she's figured, okay, she's, she must be moving around in there. And she got brave for a second and she flung the doors open to look. When she did, Flames burst out of it. Oh, God. She said there was flames bursting out of it. There was uh, burning smoke blasted her in the face. And just a second ago, everything was normal. And it went straight from that to an inferno. There was no, you know, working its way to the top, no in-between. It just went from nothing to an inferno. And it was just contained in that armoire. Yeah. So she screamed uh, her friend's name, and the thick smoke started burning her eyes, and she couldn't see anything. So she tried to um, yell and, and, and just try to help her friend out. And when she reached at the door, she grabbed those brass fixtures and she said it burnt her hand so bad that the pain was intense. Mm-hmm. So in a panic, she kind of ran down and grabbed her mom and dragged her back to the room. Nothing. No way. Nothing. So Did she, she even had the burn on her finger or well, her hand? She, she said that she got back, the armoire doors were closed. There was no smoke, no fire. Her friend was in the sleeping bag, but she had her back to him. And then she noticed that her hands were no longer burned, but they still hurt. But there was no physical burn on them. So the mom just kind of scoffed at her, and she was like, you know. My kid can't catch a break. The mom's like, you you know, you just need to kind of. um, Uh, Stop lying. Well, she told her she just needed to be a good host and go back in there with her friend and not, you know, quit making up shit, basically. And uh, so she went back in the room to check on her friend. And her friend was actually in her sleeping bag, but she was in the fetal position. And she was pale and shaking. And uh, neither one of them said a word to each other. And after a few minutes, she called her name. She got down and she called her mom to go down and pick her up and come you know, so the little girl did. I mean, why didn't that little girl say, what the crap just happened? I, I mean, I have, I have no idea. But she left, and then uh, this girl decided that, you know, at school she was going to try to talk to her and find out what was going on, but um, she never, this never, the girl wouldn't talk to her anymore. Like, ever talk to her ever yeah. again? she wouldn't talk to her again, and later that year uh, she actually moved away. That girl did, her friend. That, <laughs> so after that she pretty much refused to, you know, sleep in that room anymore with the armoire, and uh, she started sleeping with her parents. Well... She knew that her parents wouldn't believe her if she had said anything about the armoire, so she just never even brought it up. She just was scared and wanted to sleep with them. And like I said, she's only like six, seven years old at this time. Well, her grades started suffering. Uh, all of her, she pretty much chased all of her friends away at this point. She just didn't want to have any friends or anything. And uh, she would hyperventilate every time she would smell smoke. And the parents got concerned, so they started buying all these, you know, self-help books for problem children. Mm-hmm how to deal with it and uh one of the first things that it said was quit 
letting her sleep with her in the same oh, bed with them. Oh, crap. So they pretty, backfired. <laughs> yeah, so they pretty much stopped that and told her she couldn't sleep and sleep anymore in the bed with them. Uh, so instead, she started sleeping outside their door Aww. In, the, in the hallway. And she would keep her door to the her bedroom door. closed. Mm-hmm. Now she would keep it closed. She wouldn't, she wouldn't even go in the bedroom. She just kept the door closed and oh, she slept okay. in the hallway. A few months later, she came home and she saw the bedroom door open. She walked in. There was new wallpaper, new carpet, but more importantly, the armoire was gone. Oh, nice. Right. So she felt like a weight had been lifted over her shoulder, and uh, she gave her mom a huge hug. Uh, everything started turning around for her. Grades got better, and uh, she started making friends and stuff again. And her mom and dad used to you know, joke about the fact that it was such a big turnaround that every time she was in a bad mood, they're like, well, maybe we need, we need, just need to redecorate your room again. Oh, crap. So it was, it was, that, it was that noticeable. <laughs> so now we're going to fast forward to where she's in college. She's home on winter break, and she's writing a, a paper for school, and the paper was on a hometown or, his, you know, a hometown historic mm-hmm. uh, stories. And she's, she's on the computer, and she's looking through her uh, small-town newspaper's archives on there. She's just randomly clicking around, and the word fire caught her eye. Mm -hmm. Well, the front page was from November 1932. Remember, this was from in the 90s when all this took place. So November 1932, and there was a headline that said, Tragic Fire Claims Three Lives at Such-and-Such Address. Well, it turns out the address was the address of their home. Mm-hmm. And there was a picture in the paper, and the photo showed a family posing for a portrait inside their home. And it was a man, a woman, a little girl. The little girl was, was holding a doll. She was kind of staring at the camera. And she notices that the address is hers. But then, more importantly, she looks in the background of the photo, and there was the armoire oh. in this picture. She goes into a panic. She starts screaming for her mom. She ran in. She pretty much shoved the laptop in her in her mom's face and said, look. And she said she struggled to even speak at this point. She just said, every, you know, from the time she was little, if she got into a panic, she just had a hard time even talking. Oh, wow. So th- this is one of those times. And the mom's looking at it, and she says, oh, it's the same address, right? And she said, you know, we just never really brought it up because it wasn't that big of a deal. But she said... You know, a house burnt down here in the 30s, and this lot stayed vacant for decades. And then uh, we got it so cheap that we went ahead and built the house on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's what our, literally our house is the same place that house was that burned down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, at this point, you you realize that that's why her house was newer than the other houses oh, on the block. yeah, uh-huh. Because this house was built, I guess, in the late 80s, early 90s. And, heck, the other houses had been around since before the 30s, at least, because that's when this fire happened, was 32. So that would obviously be a noticeable difference between houses. And she finally got her voice. And she said, no, not that. I'm talking about the armoire. She said that armoire in this picture is the same as the one that was in my room as a kid. And her mom just kind of looked at the picture again, and then she said, what armoire? And she was frustrated. She starts jabbing her finger into the screen and said, that one. It's the exact same armoire that we had in our room. 
And the mom just kind of gave her a, a weird look. And then she said, we didn't have an armoire. What? Because I was sitting here thinking, well, if the house burned down, why didn't the armoire burn down too? Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying. Burn right. up in the fire. So then she starts looking more into the picture. And she starts looking at the little girl holding the doll. And she notices that the doll only has one shoe. <gasps> what? So remember that went back to where yeah. the missing doll, but she had one shoe. So I guess the the uh, assumption is that maybe she's a reincarnation of that little girl. And that's why she could see the armoire. And that's why yeah. um, she was holding the doll with one shoe. And then, Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. So I thought that was kind of a cool story. That is a very cool story. I would have freaked the flip out. <laughs> and so I think you did. And I did. Hey, guys, if you like what you just heard... We do six of those small bonus episodes every single week. We also do two full-length bonus episodes every month. We do a listener stories episode and then a story that's just, just like the ones you would typically hear on the regular feed. If you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com and look up Hillbilly Horror Stories or go to hillbillyhorrorstories.com and there's a direct link right there. Thank you guys so much for what you do for us.